Good evening. Two hellish nightmares coming together in one terrible reality. That is the story of the Lockerbie disaster, of how death and destruction in the sky brought death and devastation on the ground below. Welcome back to another beautiful Sunday afternoon. All right. I hope you guys' weekend and week went beautifully, swimmingly, however you feel and how you want to express it. I hope it went great, okay? Now, if you don't know who I am, if you don't know where you are, you are at the Rainy Day Horror Show with the best podcast host in the world, me, Dusty McBalls, all right? Now, I am a certified cougar hunter, as most of you know, and I am the man with the biggest testicles on planet Earth. All right. Now, if you go to my hometown, they might not say that, but who cares? All right. It's how much heart you have. That's all that matters. Okay. All right. So today I've got another airplane horror story for you guys. So if you're flying out today and you want to be spooked a little bit, all right. You came to the right place. You came to the right show at the right time and for the right episode. Now, if you're superstitious, sorry, but you're listening now, okay? But don't worry, nothing bad will happen to you. No terrorists are going to board your plane. No mechanical failures on an airplane are going to make you plummet over 2,000 feet into the ground. None of that's going to happen. All right, you're going to be safe. All right. Just this story is just to spook you a little bit. Get the jitters going, all right? Now, this airplane horror story is called Pan Am Flight 103, also known as the Lockerbie bombing, okay? This was a terroristic attack that took place in the 80s, okay? And now Today, in 2023, June 17th, 2023, we're going to dissect it a little bit, and I'm going to share it with you guys, okay? Now, before we get into the story, get your Crocs on, you know? Set them bitches in adventure mode, or parachute mode, because we're going to be flying out of an airplane today, okay? And make sure... You relax a little bit. Maybe get your popcorn, alright? It's a little salty. I know you guys like your popcorn salty. Everybody does. Alright? So make sure you wash it down with the Capri Sun, a Kool-Aid Jammer, or the best juice boxes in the world, the High C juice boxes. Okay? Now, without further ado, let's get into the pan am flight 103 tragedy aka the Lockerbie bombing all right all right pan am flight 103 is also known as the Lockerbie bombing this flight was a passenger airliner operated by pan american world airways and this flight was a terrorist attack that exploded over Lockerbie scotland 
on December 21, 1988, after a bomb was detonated. Now, on this bombing, all 259 people on board of that airplane were killed, and 11 individuals died on the ground from the debris. Around 7 p.m. on December 21st, 1988, Pan Am Flight 103, which was a Boeing 747, was en route to New York City from London. And this airplane exploded over Lockerbie, Scotland. The plane had reached a height of 31,000 feet and was preparing for the oceanic portion of the flight when a timer-activated bomb detonated. Now this bomb was constructed with an odorless plastic explosive called Semtex. And this bomb was hidden in a cassette player that was stuffed in a suitcase. Now if you don't play Call of Duty... And you've never heard of Semtex, not only is it odorless, but it's extremely moldable and extremely lightweight and powerful. And it's similar to C4, which is also a plastic explosive. It's kind of like the brother to Semtex. Now, if you're looking to buy Semtex, you really can't. I'm sorry, you can't buy it, all right? Only the military has access to it, and hopefully the FBI doesn't hear this and come track me down because I am not sharing how to build the bomb because I don't even know how to build it, all right? So I'm just putting that out there. You will not get any information from me on how to build a homemade explosive. Now, this blast broke the plane into thousands of pieces that landed in an area roughly covering 850 square miles or 2,200 square kilometers for my non-American friends. Now, like I said earlier, all 259 passengers and crew members were killed, and the falling wreckage destroyed 21 houses and killed 11 more people. Now, the passengers on Pan Am Flight 103 came from 21 different countries, but the majority of them were American. And this attack increased terrorism fears in the U.S. Now, after the U.S. started investigating, and they were investigating and trying to find out who did it for like three, four years, and they finally got the people gotcha. and investigated and tried retreat, like tried getting them extradited from Libya to the U.S. so they could go through a trial and everything. And, we'll and I'll tell you guys who it is in a second. But they didn't really catch the guys until 1991. And after the U.S. started investigating, they realized that they believed it was two 
Libyan intelligence agents who were responsible for the bombing. Where did you get the bomb? Who? Give me a name. A name. I want his name. Now many speculate that this attack was a retaliation attack for the 1986 U.S. bombing campaign against Libya's capital city, Tripoli. As the U.S. furthered their investigation, they narrowed it down to two suspects in 1991. The first suspect, and I'm going to butcher these names, so I'm sorry in advance if I offend anybody. I'm not trying to. I just don't know how to pronounce them. And the first suspect was Abdel Basset Ali Muhammad Al-Magrahi. And the second suspect was Layman Khalifa Fahima. And in the beginning, Libyan leader Al-Qaddafi refused to turn over the two suspects. You sound like a bitch, bitch. Shut the fuck up. Which was in 1991 when they started figuring out who it was. But after the United States and the United Nations Security Council imposed economic sanctions, which means the United Nations and the U.S., they were going to withdraw their trade and financial relations for foreign and security policy purposes. But after they pressured them and pushed them into it, like, hey, this is what's going to happen. Um, finally, in 1998, Gaddafi accepted the proposal to extradite the men. Then, in 2001, after a long investigation that involved interviewing 15,000 people and examining 180,000 pieces of evidence. Holy fucking shit! Abdel Basset was convicted for the bombing and was sentenced to 27 years in prison. <gasps> now, this is how they got him. So there was this clothing store because when he put the suitcase and he put all the stuff in the suitcase, he put clothes, he put the bomb, the cassette player, he put all that in there. They were able from all the evidence, they were able to trace that clothing from the suitcase all the way back to the shop. And when they went and investigated the shop, the dude that ran it knew who bought it. So he then told them who it was. He was like, yes, this is the guy that bought this, blah, blah, blah. That's how they were able to track him down. Now, Abdel Basset was born in 1952 on April 1st in Tripoli, Libya. Now, this is kind of funny because, no, not really funny, but he blew up a plane, right? He was born on April 1st. Isn't that... That's kind of a bad April Fool's joke. I'm just putting it out there. That's really a bad April Fool's joke, all right? Now, he had five children and a wife. He studied and learned English in the United States and Britain throughout the 1970s. He was the only one convicted for the Pan Am bombing and was appointed chief of security for Libyan Arab 
Airlines, L.A. Squared, when the bombing happened. Now, as far as layman Khalifa Fahima, he was acquitted for his involvement. And he was welcomed back to Libya with the hero's welcome. After the trial, the Libyan government would eventually agree to pay damages to the families of the victims of this awful attack. At first, the Libyan government rejected taking responsibility for the bombing because Libyan Foreign Minister Abdul Rahim Shalkum said, And I quote, It is against just this man. Just a man, not against a state. Now this ongoing trial costed what? everybody what? around what? 90 what? million what? dollars. What? Then, in 2009, McGrahi was diagnosed with terminal prostate cancer and he was eventually released from prison after only being in prison for eight years. And he was held in prison in Scotland. Now, this trial didn't take place on American soil, didn't take place on Libyan soil, and it didn't take place on Scottish soil either. They wanted it on a neutral ground, so they did it in the Netherlands. And they didn't have, like, a Netherlands judge trial, whatever. They didn't have that. They used Scottish judges in this trial that took place in the Netherlands. Now, when he was released from prison, Scotland allowed him, because he was being held in Scotland, in a Scottish prison, they allowed him to return to Libya, even though the U.S. strongly disagreed. And when he was let go and he was able to go back to Libya, he was also welcomed home with a hero's welcome. Then it gets even it gets even crazier. It gets even more like this is why th like some of these stories. This is why I don't trust the government. Same with like the whole MK Ultra when I did that episode, how they were dosing up patients with acid and hallucinogenics in the um, in the psychiatric wards. Like this is why because in 2010 an investigation underwent by U.S. senators, and they revealed that. BP, the oil company, the BP gas stations that we have, the ones that are kind of sketchy when you when you drive by, you're like, I don't know if I should go in there, but like I really have to take a piss. So you go in there anyways, but you're like looking over your shoulder the entire time. Those sketchy gas stations. And they had lobbied for a prisoner transfer agreement between the UK and Libya. But like typical big wigs typical CEOs, typical government officials, the UK and BP denied that McGrahi was discussed in this trade agreement. But in 2009, British Justice Minister Jack Straw stated that BP's business dealings with the Libyan government were a factor in considering his case when he was sentenced. Now, McGrahi was suspected to only live three months after his diagnosis, and he was quickly released to go back home 
to carry out the rest of his life and die. But he actually died three years later in 2012 on May 20th, baffling doctors and making people question how accurate his diagnosis truly was. Now, before I end it off, like this, this is a, this brings up a huge conspiracy. Like, who, like, what was going on behind the scenes, right? Like, was there some like money paid out? Like, was there, was there a secret deal? Like, cause it's just it's too it's too fishy for it to be like you know something like this is a terroristic attack. You know what I mean? Like. Not as bad as 9-11, but after 9-11, we got the guy that caused 9-11, right? He was, he's done. He's done for. He's not here anymore. He's off living in the afterlife, right? Now, this is still similar to that. Now, 27 years for killing over 200, around 270 people. I don't know about that, you know what I mean? That's a little weird. I mean, I know... I know court systems can be different in, you know... Different, uh... Different countries. But I'm just saying. Like... When you hear stuff like this, you kind of have to look at it with... An open... More of an open mind. You know what I mean? You can't be like... Then what the news says... Is what the news says. And it's correct. Whatever the news says... That's it. That's the story. But even them, they're cutting stuff out. They're switching up little things just to change the narrative a little bit to attract their audience even more. Like, you have to think, this is just, this isn't just, you know, a terroristic attack. No, there was something going on behind the scenes between the, all of the governments and everything like that. So, was there a deal cut? Who knows? Did he really have prostate cancer? Even though it's what he said he was diagnosed with and died with? Or, well, not died with, but died from? Like, what really, really happened? Now, here, here's my theory, okay? Here's, here's the McBall's theory, okay? Personally... I think that the Libyan government and BP and the UK, they all had some sort of agreement behind the United States backs, which is a little weird because now I don't know how the whole, like, if it's going to, if it's going from London to New York, and it's coming to coming to New York and it's got mainly American passengers if it's considered an attack on America or if it's considered an attack on Scotland because it happened over Scotland so now I don't and I don't really want to dissect get too deep into that just because that is that's a lot, that's, that sounds really, really confusing to me, and I didn't go to, like, law school or any of that stuff, so it just, it would go over my head, but I wonder how they decide, you know what I mean? 
personally, even though the plane that was attacked was mainly Americans, I believe that it should be Scotland that did everything because it happened on their soil. Okay? But it just doesn't make sense to me on why they would try and go behind the backs of everybody involved. You know what I mean? Maybe be maybe there was a shit ton of money that they slid over and they're like this here, take it and just give us back our person. And maybe they're like, oh this is this is a shit ton of money that we could use. So they took it and that was that. Or maybe Libya had a little bit of a blackmail situation and had something under their, you know, under the up up their sleeve and they're like, hey, give us give us give him back to us or we're gonna release this to the world. That could also be it. But I'm gonna let you guys decide what's going on with that because it's crazy. I personally think it could be a blackmail or it could be money. Because money runs this world and that's just how it's going to be and that's how it's always going to be. When you get up to that level of politics and companies, CEOs and stuff like that, it's, you know, they're not, not, they might say, they might say that they're clean, but I guarantee you when you get that rich and you get that powerful, 90% of them, maybe probably even like 98% of them aren't clean. And that's just the way the world is. We're just generic people. You know, we wake up, go to work, get our money, and then have fun. Try to do something on the weekends or whatever. Buy ourselves something nice, whatever. But for them, it's not like that. You know what I mean? You have to kind of pay attention to it. You have to kind of see it. A lot of these politicians and these rich millionaire businessmen, you know, most of them are probably crooked. Even though they might be nice, even though they're, you know what I mean, they might come off as a nice person, you know, you confront everything. It's pretty easy to hide and act in front of a bunch of people that you don't even know. It's easy to lie, alright? But that's a topic for a different day, alright? I'm going to end the video about the Lockerbie bombing. It was a terrible tragedy. Um, I feel bad for all the families feel bad for that was just everybody involved. Oh, but before I go, sorry, I forgot to add the quick little weird story. So there was this flight attendant, right? And she was flying all across the world. And her parents saw the Pan Am flight 103 bombing on TV, you know, because it was broadcasted all around the world. You know, it was this huge thing, right? So this is, this is crazy. I think it's crazy at least. They took what they saw. They took what they saw and they texted and called their daughter saying, Hey, we don't want you to be a flight attendant anymore. We think we advise against it now because all of this terroristic attacks, everything's coming out. Like we don't want something awful to happen to you. So she's like, you know what? You're right. You're perfectly right. I'm it's kind of scaring me too, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be caught in any of that. So what she did was she quit and she got a job at the World Trade Center in New York, the Twin Towers, right? And 
it's kind of a sad story. They didn't release her name. I couldn't find her name. I was researching for hours. I was asking people to help me try and research this. They couldn't find the name either. But obviously we know what happened on 9-11. She, she unfortunately got hit by one of the planes that came through and didn't survive. Which it's just kind of sad that, you know, her parents are like, we don't want you to get hit by a terrorist attack. We don't want nothing bad to happen to you. But she eventually, 12 years later, 13 years later, got hit at the World Trade Center. So that's kind of creepy, kind of eerie. And I just want to throw that story in there too. But I hope I hope you guys had a beautiful week. Um, I hope your work week went quick. I hope you got that money, right? You know, I hope you're buying yourself something nice, you know. I just bought um, three movie posters. Just got those over the weekend. I got uh, X that was directed and filmed by A24. Well, not directed, but it's part of the movie company A24, and it was directed by T.I. West. And then I also got the Us movie poster. The movie, the second, I think it was the second Jordan Peele movie that he released with the the tethered, you know. Oh God, I'm gonna do poor accent, but no, I'm not gonna no. But got us. That's really interesting. It's really cool. I love them all, and I just hung up my Nightmare Before Christmas poster, and it's looking sexy. It's right next to me. I'm just looking at it. It's looking gorgeous. But yeah, I got those. Um, what else did I get? Oh. I'm custom making a sweatshirt for the channel, so I'm excited about that. Um, I'm going to start doing a thing now. So, all of my viewers, well, obviously you're listening, so you're a viewer. Um, I am going to be doing this thing. I am going to be making custom-made sweatshirts. And if you want one, DM me on the Rainy Day Horror Show on Instagram, okay? Tell me what you want, what kind of fabric you want. And how you want it done. And I will try my best to make it how you want it. You know how, if you've ever gotten a tattoo, you know it's kind of, it's the exact same situation. You go to a tattoo artist. You say, hey, I would like to get this. But keep your creative movement on it. And they're usually like, okay, cool. And they usually just work the wheels in their brain. And they come up with this. And they, you know, they put it on you. Duh. So I'm going to be doing like, I'm going to be doing it like that. So if you want something, it's going to be a little bit pricey just because of all the time, all the effort, the material. I want it to be perfect. I want it to be durable for you guys when you wear it. So I just want it to last a very long time for you guys. Okay. So I'm probably going to push it out around like 90 to a hundred dollars, a sweatshirt. Or t-shirts, well, t-shirts will be cheaper. I haven't really worked with t-shirts yet, but I'm working with sweatshirts right now. And I know it's the middle of summer, okay? I know. It's not really sweater weather. Shout out the neighborhood, but... I'm just letting you know that that's what I'm doing right now. So, if you do want a custom-made Rainy Day Horror Show sweatshirt, DM me on Instagram at the Rainy Day Horror Show and... We will come up with something. I'll put my own creative movement on it and we'll create something dope. And I want it 
to be personalized to you, okay? I care about you, all right? I want you to be happy. This is not just, you know how most podcasters, YouTubers, they come out with their own thing and they just get a sweatshirt, they get like 100 sweatshirts, print their logo on it and ship it out. I don't want to do it like that. I want it to be a one-on-one and I want it to be sentimental because I care about what you order and I want it to be beautiful and I want you to love it, okay? So, if you want a sweatshirt, DM me, Rainy Day Horror Show on Instagram. We can figure it out and we can go from there. But, yeah, no, I'm doing good for you guys that are wondering. I'm doing beautifully. Work was, work's going fine, um... You know, it's just, it's just the same old, same old. You know what I mean? All right. I'm going to the zoo today after this is uploaded. I'm going to the zoo. I'm going to see all the fucking animals. I'm going to take, I'm going to steal a lion. I'm going to take a lion home with me. All right. And you're going to see him on my Instagram. All right. You're going to see a lion on my Instagram. It's going to be so sick. It's going to be so sick. I'm going to name him Leon the Lion. Never mind because Leos are lions and we're not doing that bullshit, okay? I don't know I'm going to fucking name him, but you'll see him on my Instagram. But, yeah, um, I hope you guys had a wonderful week. You know, I love y'all and I just want y'all to be safe and stuff like that. So, if you ever want to shoot me something, hor- like, if you ever want to shoot me something horror related, just DM me on Instagram, alright? Tell me your story. I'll make something cool. Maybe I'll put it in a podcast. Whatever you've got, just send it to me, alright? I love your guys' involvement, and I would like to be closer with you guys, not in a weird, perverted way. Oh my god, stop, bro, I'm stuck. Can you help me? You know what I mean, all right? So, remember, tune in on uh, Tuesdays at noon for short horror, short horror story, well, fuck, short Reddit horror stories, and then Thursday I'm going to be doing a movie breakdown. I don't know what movie I'm going to do yet, but I'll tell you guys probably on Tuesday. And then Sunday, we are doing a... Hold on, give me a second. On Sunday, next not next Sunday, we are doing a cult called Child of God. So, I'm excited to do another cult. I found out that I have a weird love for cults. Not that I love them, like I want to be in them, but like learning about them is pretty cool. So I just found that out and I'm really interested in this one. So this one will be fun too. All right. So I'm gonna let you guys go. Remember, stay frosty, stay foxy. Most importantly, the most important thing, or I'm going to put you in my episode. Stay safe. All right. I love y'all. Deuces.